We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Weekly radio show. Um, Dodds and Ben are still away in. Well, they're in England. Well, they're not. They're back, but they're, they're, they're too tired because they've had a long flight. Yeah, they, did, they left at ten yesterday morning from um, somewhere in South Africa, so they're not here this week. I'm joined by Sai as always, or almost always. Yeah. Oh, hello. And long-time listener, first-time guest, Bolland, who sits next to me at the match. Hello. Um, we'll crack straight on. I thought we'd start this week just quickly um, with you, Bolland, looking at your, your thoughts on the Arsenal game and uh, Steve McLaren as a manager. Um, yeah, it was a bit better than we've seen in previous weeks, but again, it was against a big team, so it kind of feels like it might be another false dawn. Um, but moving Wijnaldum into the centre obviously worked a lot better than playing... Uh, Perez there um, but yeah as I say it's another <laughs> well, technical hitch some studio it, is, it <laughs> is ridiculous isn't it how um, like out playing top of the league the, by by definition the best team in the league is going to be another false dawn because it just is yeah. well I was looking at it and um, we've played pretty well against all like your standard top teams I think only City have beaten it well. Arsenal beat us in the first first game as well. Yeah, but and City we City lost. should have been four 0 up at half time as well. Like it was a ludicrous game of football. Lad. Yeah, yeah, this is a bit ridiculous. But I suppose Leicester as well. He's got to count them now, but well, they absolutely bad. <laughs> fully deserved a three 0 win. Yeah, but Leicester, Spurs, we played well at Man U. Chelsea, we played well at Man United without creating a, a chance. It's, it sounds like we're having a good season, but <laughs> <laughs> just against the top teams. <laughs> Yeah, there's so a lot of them. Go on. What do you think about McLaren? Does he does he keep his job? Does he need to go? Is he is he a good manager? Do, does he look ridiculous with that stupid haircut? <laughs> he does look. It was Ireland. <laughs> um, I don't know. Cause the sort of signs that we look like a better football team than we did under Pardew, yeah, getting very bad results with it though. Yeah. Um, like Arsenal again, like I say, is a false dawn. Like we looked like we'd be good. We look like we could team we play football. Mitrovic looked good, but it's the wrong result again. Yeah, that, that's essentially what it comes down to, really. Um, the performances at this stage of the season, after what's happened so far, I mean absolutely nothing at all. I'm sick of people saying that we're playing, we're playing well. Yeah. It's no, it's no excuse. Good, like, good performances and no points at the end of the day is is 
no pun intended, pointless. <laughs> it's, 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 it's rubbish. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not going to bother talking much more about McLaren today. We've, we've, we've said our bit on him. Um, I think the consensus of opinion around the podcast is that he just has to go because he's a terrible football manager and he's made he's, things he's, no better than the way under Pardew and Carver. If, he, um, if he's going to be sticking around, which he kind of believe it probably will be for at least another six months he's got so much to do to convince anyone now that he's worthy of that job in his defense to be fair if we'd had a striker who can score goals there's quite a few results that we've had this season that could have been different like if you look at West Brom just had someone who could put the ball in the back of the net that could have been easily three points on another day Stoke if we just had someone who could score even the Magams if Mitrovic hadn't missed a couple of saves when album just someone like I hate to say it, Charlie Austin, just an actual goal scorer. Yeah. We should definitely sign Charlie Austin. We spoke uh, about that in the uh, podcast. I half agree with you, Bolland. We're, we've talked about this as well before, though. Like, If you only give yourselves two chances to score a goal in a match, you don't deserve to win it. Especially we've against had, like, the teams like Against West teams like West Brom, against home to Villa. If you don't give yourselves you know, a, a proper advantage in the game and, and have way more chances than the other team, it, it can happen. You can lose 1-0 if you miss that, that one key chance. And yeah, all right, he's been pretty unlucky. He's had more than he probably should have been missing for a £50 million striker. But, you know, it's just it's the way we're setting up to just try and nick a goal. It's it's not it's not working. It's not. McLaren, McLaren sits on the board, and he was part, you presume at least, I mean, God knows because it's Newcastle, but you presume he's at least had some say in the transfers. He was in he was in his position when we signed Mitrovic. I don't know how long we were tracking him for, but he knew what he was getting. He knew what he was working with. He knows that we don't have a centre midfielder that can pass the ball or make a tackle. And he insists on playing Anita and Kovac together as defensive midfielders, which which everyone in the country can see doesn't work. Um, anyway, that, this is all beside the point because we all know that we don't want McLaren to stay and we're all sick of him. Uh, we'll, I thought we'd talk a little bit about the transfer rumours that have been in the press this week. There was a little like rundown today on the Chronicles website with a lot of a lot of pictures of players, most of whom I have, I've never heard of. Um, and then it was like likelihood of coming in January, most of which said nothing at all or... <laughs> Um, <laughs> loads of just rogue shouts. Bastost was in there. That striker from uh, from Germany that's I, I know nothing about. I don't know whether he scored any goals this season. You mentioned a couple of times in transfer windows, but yeah, I've still probably yet to actually watch him play football. No idea. Yeah, I've not seen him. I know he scored a lot of goals last season. But apparently, uh, apparently he looks great on YouTube clips. Sign him up. Sign him up. Yeah. So did uh, what was his name? Nacho Gonzalez. Luke. A. Yeah. Luke a, the best <laughs> he was really good on YouTube. Luke yeah. A's YouTube video. He, one of the best ever. Some of the videos are such poor quality that it could easily be a game of FIFA, but, and they've just like made it a bit crackly. Yeah, that's what I'll do if I was that guy's agent. I'd just play FIFA and make it really crackly and go, "Oh yeah, we didn't have a very good camera." But he's he's cracking watch. Yeah, a lot of the names on this list were um, were people from European leagues. It was yeah, Joel Matic, Matic, <laughs> something like that, who, by all accounts, is an excellent an excellent defender and is is arguably what we need. Um, I think, although I'm not sure, I think he's quite like a, a quite a big lad, quite a strong defender. But I'm sick of seeing. I like this is going to sound really racist, and I don't mean it that way at all. But I'm sick of seeing foreign names on our on our wanted list. We should be signing proven Premier League players from the Premier League that have that have done it at this level and have been in and around relegation scraps because that's what we need in this team. We haven't got any, we haven't got a single one. Yeah, it's kind of like is that this week like 19 million for him like. The bloke's not been scoring that many goals this year. When we could just go and spend, if it's still 15 million that QPR want for Charlie Austin, just go and pay it because you know exactly what you're going to get from him. He'll come here and he'll score goals. Whereas Lagazette, 
again, you, you don't know. Like Riviere yeah. scored goals in the French league, and look how he turned out. Yeah. We talked about it on the pod on Monday. Um, Charlie Austin or like Remy, we need one of the two who will score ten goals minimum between now and the end of the season, or might just get away with it. Yeah, we'll come on to Lacazette in a bit more depth in a second. I wanted to ask both of you if if you've seen any of these these rumours in the press this week. Who you would want? We did talk about this on the podcast, and I said, given a budget of seven to eight million pounds, who would you sign and why? Bolin, I'll come to you first. Uh, John Joe Shelby. I totally agree. Um, what I think we've been missing nearly all season is a proper central midfielder, or at least a good one. Because Colback and Anita, I know some people think Anita has come good in the last few games, but I just couldn't more strongly disagree. I think he's, he's one of the worst players I've ever seen play for Newcastle. And one of our big problems has been it was against Everton, it was most clear. They just stuck Barkley on the halfway line and just gave it to him, and he just ran through our midfield yep. and, and then basically just destroyed us. And I think someone like Shelby, who, I mean, he's got his critics, but he's been in England squads over the last two years. Like, this guy can play football. Um, yeah. And he's got a bit of bite about him. He's, he can be a bit of a horrible. Sorry, go on. I'm not interrupting you. I'll just <laughs> signal him <laughs> to say that I will speak next. You may carry on. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> you put your hand up there. <laughs> can I talk? Um, yeah, he's just the sort of stri- uh, midfielder we need. I think he can, he can pass a ball. He can obviously shoot. Everyone's seen his screamers. And uh, like I say, he's got a bit of a dark side, doesn't mind getting involved, So, and I think that's something we need. Yeah, that's what we desperately need him, and which is why I would never get him, because he's, he's a good footballer, and there's just, <laughs> just no way we'll sign him. Um, uh, on the Chronicle website today, it said some, something along the lines of maybe, for chances of signing him. You'll get, you'll get good, better offers. <laughs> and, yeah, you'll get, The thing is, he's the sort of player who'll get better offers, and we're not going to like outdo someone for wages, we're not going to offer him a better deal or... What, what's, he, what's he got to gain from coming here? It's, it's, it's really hard to see it. But um, I think that's the, the frightening thing is that there's got to be the, what every player who we're interested in is thinking. Like, what a, what a, what a standing game yeah. to put Newcastle. But I totally agree with you, Bolland, on Anita. And I think we, we get a bit of stick as a, as a group, the podcast, for singling out players like Anita, like Paul Dummett, like Rob Elliott. And it's not because they've been playing particularly badly. They've, between the three of them, have had some all right games recently. You know, they're not doing much wrong. But. It's because they're nowhere near the level of footballer that we need to to be higher than 18th in the league. Rob Elliott's an all right like deputy. He stepped in and he's he's made some decent saves and and kept the the scores down. You could argue he's made some all right saves. He's let in a couple of daft goals. I mean the Everton goal was poor. Cots us a point. Um, Dummett's not a left back. That's not to say he's not a, capable of playing somewhere else. Like centre half, we've just never seen it. He just keeps getting played out of position and and costing them games because it's so easy to play against them. Anita's the same. He doesn't fit into our team. We've got Colback, he can do that job. Anita standing next to him doing the exact same thing. Massive waste of space. He grafts, he puts in a lot of effort, but he doesn't do anything for her. Yeah. John Joe Shelby, like I said, he, he's got a bit of bite, he's got a tackle, and he's a midfielder who can shoot. When was the last time we, we scored like any a handful of goals from midfield? It just doesn't happen. We'll get the odd goal from Midrich or Perez, that's all we've got. Or Sissoko, potentially. Yeah, uh, Winyaldum has scored seven goals this season from midfield. Well, he's... <laughs> He's out on the wing. He's kind of a, a, a forward, isn't he? I don't know. Yeah, four of those with his head. I, well. I'm talking about centre mid, like a proper centre mid no, scoring I, goals. Like, yeah. I knew what you meant. I was just being argumentative. Yeah. One of the, one of the things that really annoys me about Anita that people say is he's a really tidy footballer and he's quite a good passer of the ball. Doesn't mean anything. Like at the very least, to be a, like a Premier League centre midfielder, you've got to be able to pass the ball. And you've, to you've, to, you've, to you've, be like, a, pro- <laughs> a, a professional footballer, yeah, yeah. you have to be a tidy when you have the ball, 
and B, the, have the ability to pass the ball 10 yards. If you can't, you shouldn't be playing at all. Uh, Check Jota is a prime example of that. Yeah. He can't. He literally cannot pass the ball. No one's another player that came in a five-a-side team. Well, yeah, you'd love any Premier League footballer in your five-a-side team just because he can pass the ball five yards. Well, really if you can pass well. the ball five yards, it's a goal in five-a-side. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a big difference. Uh, size, anyone you've seen in the press that you'd like us to, to make a move for? Anyone? Well, you? I've been actively avoiding transfer rumours. They're almost always nonsense, especially when it comes to us. You don't know if it's the club trying to... Um, trying to feed the media some stuff to, to get the, the, the noise off their backs or if it's just literally lazy journalism or people almost laughing at it by putting names like Lacazette out there you don't know who's made that up but there's just no way all of which leads into the, the point that I want to talk about next which is the, the Lacazette rumour uh, me and Dodd spoke for a while during the week about this um, both of us are quite annoyed that this rumour has come about again. yet again yeah. for the, it's either the third or the fourth transfer window in a row where we've been in trouble and the club in my opinion, and it's going to sound ridiculous and I'm making up some conspiracy theory, but in my opinion, the club have released something to someone saying that we've put a bid in for Lacazette. Idiot fans, and there are thousands out there of us, get really excited about it and all the pressure goes off the board. There's a yeah. week until season ticket deadline. It's, and it's, it's the third or fourth time in a row they've done exactly the same thing. And to me, it stinks. None of the journalists called anyone on it. Nothing's been said why have they been linked with the same player again? Why has it always come about when they're in trouble? Why does nothing ever come of it? Why is there no, never any confirmation from either team that a bid's been made? It's, yeah. I think it's an absolute it's, farce. It, it gets three or four days' worth of news, yet there's no comments or quotes from anybody. It just doesn't make any sense. It's obviously, like you say, someone's leaked something or pretended to leak something. Yeah. It's intentional. I think it's intentional. Yeah. Bolland? I tend to agree with you, but... Just to come out in defence of the club for a bit, they do tend to go back for targets. If you just look at Tovan, we were linked with him for four or five transfer windows, and then we finally got him. If you look at Lagazette, this has been going on for about two years, and we're linked with him pretty much all the time. And now, I think he's had a couple of injuries this season. He hasn't scored very many goals. There is a realistic chance that Graham Carr's gone. Now is the time if we swoop, we might get him. Just to come down on their side, but I have to agree. I think it was. Total, I don't. I think rubbish. Graham Carr just goes to the same games every week, so he only ever spots like one player. Like you say, we're talking about Tovan people. He's obviously not really watched anyone else. He just yeah. watched him for two years and go. Oh, we might as well get him. Like, I've got. I've got no one else. He's just got a season ticket at San Etienne. Yeah, like, <laughs> scouting the away team. <laughs> All right, Graham, pull your finger out. Um, so yeah, I, I was I was genuinely annoyed about it, and Dodds more so than me. Um, it's just. It's just a shambles. It's lazy journalism. It's boring, and I'm I'm sick of seeing people getting excited. Like you'd like you'd like to think that people wouldn't fall for it, but it's been the same kind of response as always. That whole really would be class if we got him like thrice in eighteen months. Mm. Yeah. Uh, next question is one that I haven't told you I was going to ask because Dodds told me that I should ask it to you. Instead of thinking about who you want to buy, who do you want to sell? I'll give you it in two parts. Who do we need to sell regardless? And who would you sell if we were to bring in a, a, a capable replacement? The thing is, at, at best, we'll probably buy one player in addition to what we've got. And even then, we might have to sell to buy. So I think yeah, clearing out some deadwood is is going to be necessary. So who would you sell? Um, well, I don't know. <laughs> How how far down the squad do you want to? Do people like Mike Williamson still count as a like a first team player? <laughs> He's going to go to Wolves, isn't he? Let's yeah. like, let's just wash our hands of Mike Williamson. I wish him I wish him the best. I hope he does well in the championship. I think he's, that's his level. We've yeah. got we've got. I mean, the problem is we've got players like Riviere who cost six million. We've got players like De Jong who also cost six million. Or was it was it more for De Jong? I think it's about but six. Million. Between them, they've cost 12, 14 million, Let's say 
and in nearly two years now, we've we've gotten nothing, nothing out of them. So what? what uh, what's d- yeah? De Jong should have played more. I don't. Like yeah, uh, maybe so, but it's 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 nearly two seasons now, and, and he's not contributed anything to yeah. to the squad or to the team. There's a reason he'll, why we're allowed to buy Ajax as captain for yeah. six million pounds. He'll be on a fairly modest wage because we've got him on a low, you know, a low transfer fee. Players like that. I mean, if we we'll have to make space, they're the ones that have got to go because they contribute nothing. Hi Dara, we've had him three years now, and he's just never fit enough to play even like a third of a season. So like, it's just. These are the players that are holding us back potentially from signing other players. It, it sounds silly, but it, they, in in um, Ashley and in Charlie's world of purple players and fir- first team squads, these count, yeah. and they're the ones holding us back from potentially strengthening and, and getting proper footballers. So, do you think Haidara counts as our purple left back because he's the only left back? Oh, definitely, definitely. That's what I'm saying. Like, and he's not. He's not available for more than a third of the season. He's never fit, and he's not very good. Yeah, no, he's rubbish. Left back, left back, left back for me is so, it's so important that we're signing left back. We should oh, never have sold Sant on, but we need to sign left back. Yeah, Holland. Both full backs. Um, if, uh, right, I'll, change, I'll change it. You can have the second question. If if we bring in a capable replacement, capable replacement, who, who would you sell out of our current squad? Uh, Colaccini. Yeah, I agree. Um, the bloke has had one good season that I'm counting. I know he played well in the championship, but aside from that, he's been terrible for us, and he's our highest paid player. He just doesn't look like he cares half the time. He's got better the last few games, but for me, I've had enough of him. It's just—it's not good enough, is it? He turns up for like five games a season. The rest of the time, he's just sort of swanned about, wishing he was in Argentina. I totally agree. Time—the time for Colasini is is long gone. He's he's way past his best. He doesn't care about the club. I don't even think he really cares that much about football anymore. He's just—he's just had it. Yeah, I think we need an honourable mention for Stephen Taylor as well because he's not played football at all. In the last sort of four <laughs> years, <laughs> and he's probably on pretty, pretty decent money as well. Um, Forty grand a week, apparently. Yeah, uh, so the two of them. Can I ship two? I'm going to ship two. Yeah, yeah. I, I've got a longer list than that. Stephen Taylor and Colaccini, they'd go. And Anita, because I don't like him. Yeah, Williamson is definitely on the list. Although we we said we wash our hands of him. I think Gufran should just be have his contract terminated. I don't think he should be allowed to play football for anybody. He's he's ridiculous. That's <laughs> pretty hard. <laughs> he can't be getting paid much, though. Of, of all the ones to move on, you're not going to gain anything from. I I don't know because we're kind of we almost got him on a free transfer, didn't we? Like yeah, and I know we paid money for him, but we had six months on his contract. When those kind of players come to you, they come on higher wage than they would have if there'd been a transfer fee involved. That's my experience from football manager and what I've, what I've gathered from. <laughs> I've got a couple of all right years out of Goofran, but I think that ship sailed now. Yeah, we've had quite a few tweets coming in um, during the course of, of the first time of the show. I've got a bad internet connection, so I'm only just coming through. Davy Stratton went on his weekly rant about um, <laughs> about McLaren, <laughs> absolutely laying into him. The guy's a complete fake. Stumbled across the wins by a look. Then it, um, when he sets up the same team every week, it's just quite obvious he doesn't really know what he's doing. He's just spawned a few victories. Same team, yep. same formation. Um, I agree. I think that's, that's a fair point. Although I do um, disagree with it this week because he, he moved Paris to the left, which is what I would have done. Yeah, and, and yeah, the performance was improved, but at the end of the day, we still lost 1-0. Yeah, he's only done it against Arsenal. Yeah. The same team. I don't know who out of that team you'd drop. Because we don't really have anyone behind them. There's no there's no really good players on the bench. We talked about this on Monday, There's or possibly last week. There's absolutely zero competition for places at Newcastle United. Yeah. The same players can put in a shite performance. <coughs> And then the, the the turn up next week, and they're in the team. It's just you know that's not how football's meant to work. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't even work like that. It's under league level. If you play poorly, you, you, your mates go and get someone else that's going to be a bit better and bring them along. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a sham. It's a farce. You're absolutely right, David. 
Um, anyone else? Um, it's more difficult than you would think to read out tweets while you're doing this, by the way. We, we, me and Sai in particular struggle with it. It's, it's genuine connection issues. I'm still only seeing the ones from earlier. Um, Lord Spicer got in touch while we were talking about McLaren, um, saying all the pressure's on McLaren, um, but we seem to forget that uh, that uh, Mike Ashley is, is the main problem at Newcastle United. And I don't think anyone ever forgets that. It's just that McLaren's the easiest thing to move on, isn't it? Like... If if anything's going to change in the immediate future to stop us going down this season, it's going to have to be the manager. It's going to have to be new players. Yes, Newcastle's still being run absolutely disgracefully. Lee Charnley needs moved. This whole board situation needs moved on. But in the immediate future, to not get relegated, someone like McLaren is the first target because he's just awful. Yeah, well, McLaren and the whole host of players that we mentioned before all, all should be gone. Um, we'll read some more tweets out when we talk about the FA Cup which is coming up after the world-famous Doggers game, which I am delivering this week and normally goes really badly. For any of you that don't know the rules, I'm going to read out some clues about a player that played for Newcastle at some point in his career. You can't guess, lads in the studio, you can't guess until there's been two clues. You only get one guess per round. Let us know on Twitter if you beat the lads um, and get it before them. Normally, we're, we're terrible at this, so let's, let's see how this one goes. Clue number one. I was born in April 1976. <coughs> Silence. Number two. I scored 52 goals over a 13-year international career. 52 goals over 13. a 13-year international career. That's a long time to play for your country. That's a lot of international goals as well. Mm. Yeah, I scored 180 club career goals in a career spanning 19 years. Solano. Have we got an answer? It's not Solano. 180, that's a, that's a bit that's much a actually. I have got an answer. 180 career goals. That's an average of about 10 a season. Go on, Karen. Next clue, next clue is a good clue. I scored three goals in 23 appearances for Newcastle United. I am currently assistant manager at Vitesse Arnhem. Arnhem, is it? I played and started against Barcelona at St James's. Is it Yondell Thomason? It is Yondell Thomason, yeah. So the guest wins. That's an outrageous. How many international appearances was there? Was there not appearances? It, didn't, it just said years. 52 goals. Um, a lot but he of was games. Minto. Apart from when he was at Newcastle, he was absolutely class for his entire career. He was yeah, just terrible here. If you remember, though, I, 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 we were quite young at the time, but I seem to remember Yondell Thomason when he, like, if he could just bundle one in, he'd get a second. I can't remember. If, uh, this, this might be a terrible shout, but I can't remember him scoring one. I always thought he scored a couple yeah. when he scored. He looked like he was very low on confidence when he played in Newcastle. Mm. We played him on the left wing as well, didn't we? And he went and played like basically as a striker everywhere. <laughs> that sounds just like Newcastle, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Prolific goal scorer. Get him on the left wing in front of Paul Dummett. Yeah. Um, or equivalent left back. Let's go to Twitter first on this side. Are you ready or not? I literally can't get on Twitter. If you've got <coughs> some tweets to read out, go ahead. All right, I, I will do. Um, I'll come to you first and I'll, I'll gather some tweets. Go on. Um, this week, Alan Pardew has come out in the press and said that he's desperate to win the FA Cup. He thinks they've got a good chance at Southampton away, which they hopefully do not. And has also said that if Palace don't win it this year, he'd like to see Newcastle win it and says we're capable of winning it. <laughs> let's, let's not bother talking about it. I was going to say, listen, I, I'm kinda, I'm, I'm, I was annoyed to see how many people rose to it. It's, it just let it go. Forget yeah. him. He's, he's been and gone. He, yeah, he says stupid stuff to the media all the time. He did it for four years here. Yeah. He, he answers questions in a silly, smug, smirky way. 
and everyone just goes nuts every time. Like oh, it's not a surprise anymore. He's, the he says he's, know in, as well, he's not going to sit there and go, "Oh yeah, I I was rubbish. I lost to Brighton twice. I lost <laughs> I lost to Stevenage." He's not going to sit there and admit that. He's going to say, "I love the FA Cup. It's the only trophy I ever won as a player." Like it's did he? No, no. You get the final. No, did they win it? Yeah, they won it. Is that when they did that song? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, he doesn't say that, does he? Oh. But he, he, just just accept he's got to he's got to say that sort of stuff in the media and don't go nuts every time. Like just just let it go. I'm bored of talking about Pardew as a Newcastle fan. It makes us look silly. It's been nearly two years now. No, no, it hasn't. But <laughs> it's yeah. been over a year. Yeah, I agree with Sai. Have you got tweets about this? Is that where you were going? I literally can't get on Twitter. No, give me five minutes and I'll come to some tweets. Sai, I'm going to come to you first. Uh, I want to know what your favourite FA Cup game for Newcastle is and obviously why. No, yeah, he texted us earlier today and it have really struggled because in, in living memory that hasn't been like erased by alcohol or just age, <laughs> there isn't any. When was the last time the FA Cup was any patter for us? I can't... I can't think of one. I, I genuinely can't tell so you when I, I the had, last time we got. I had to Google it. The last time we got to the semis was when we uh, played at Cardiff, man. You, yeah, and that was a bit of a disappointing day. It was a cracking day out, but we were rubbish. Did you go but, down? Um, no, to Cardiff. No, no. no. But by all counts, it was a, it was a lovely day. Well, I'm, I'm going to talk. <laughs> about I, that. I do remember that season. I remember because that was when Patrick Clive had played for Newcastle of all players, and we, I think we won two, uh, fourth and fifth round against Chelsea and Tottenham. Both one nil wins with Clivert just scoring in like the first minute and then just hanging on. The Chelsea game, I think, was in the snow, wasn't it? At St James's in December. No, because oh, yeah. it, it, it in January. Header, I think, wasn't it? I'm sure it was snowing like a kind like lot as well. Really? Um, it would have been like the fifth round though, or sixth round. That would have been about April. I must be wrong. I'm, I'm <laughs> sure we played Chelsea in the cup and Clivert scored a header in the snow. Yeah, maybe. Listeners, if anyone knows, snow. let us know. Sai, yeah, you haven't given us anything. Yeah, have you got a favourite FA Cup game? Find if it was snowing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I don't, and that's sad to say because that is sad, isn't it? That's what it's come to, and I, I wasn't going to talk about this because it's it's depressing to think it. And uh, Dodds disagrees with me, but I almost think now the first year that we've at least said that we're going to try in the FA Cup, I kind of don't want us to because we don't need it. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about it. This is it caused a lot of debate because on Monday we were saying the exact same thing: like we just don't need this, we don't need Watford away, we need a couple of home league wins take the pressure off um, but after reading Dodzy's match report I think it, it does it does beg the question what, what would be better for us right now a cup run to regalvanise the team and get a bit of belief back it will add more games to a, a very thin squad which is a risk but as Dodzy says in his, his excellent match report I couldn't uh, plug it enough um, it can it can you know be the catalyst for, for a bit of a turnaround in form it's worked for teams in the past it's worked for Sunderland uh, a couple of years ago when they went in their two cup runs they somehow stayed up after being like nine points adrift um, Leicester, yeah, last, Leicester last season as Dodzy points out in his report uh, they beat us in the cup and then they just went on and a, nut, a nuts run and just got out of the relegation zone and now they're top of the league it all started with an FA Cup third round win over Newcastle Like it, it, anything can happen and I kind of agree with him I also don't doubt that given the size of our squad and the fact we don't even have players in, playing in the right position it could be a, it could be a risk having having lots of FA Cup games, but what what can't get any worse than that we already are. We're in the relegation zone, so it's not going to make or like go further down the league. We might as well just go for it. Yeah, can't, we can't get much further down, really, can we? I agree. I think it, if we win against Watford, that could spur us on in the league. I think he's got to play a strong team. He's saying he's going to play a strong team. 
I only believe it once I see it because I'm sure Pardew and Carver both said they'd do that and then just, just fully didn't. Um, but I think it'd be good for us. And it, it, to be fair, if we go on a cup run and we get to the final, even if we don't win it and we finish 17th, that'll be a pretty good season for us because we've not had a lot to cheer in recent years. So I would like a trip to Wembley. Like. Yeah. Wait, I work in Sunderland and all they ever bang on about is just how <coughs> they went to Wembley. Like, it's annoying. We're, we're like one of the only teams in the Premier League that just hasn't been in the last sort of 10 years. Since, since they built it. Yeah. Yeah. It's... it's it's still, terrible still that we're at the same. Yeah, it's terrible that we're at the same level as Sunderland. Now we're seventeenth, and a cup semi-final slash final is a good season. That's what that's what they've brought to. It's it's a disgrace. Bolland, your favourite Newcastle FA Cup game. Uh, Nineteen ninety-nine, the semi-final against Spurs. Um, I think the first the first goal was a penalty, although I'm not, I'm not entirely sure that one was kind of irrelevant. It only cares to the <laughs> after Shearer's uh, screamer. Um, I think I was really young at the time but I remember that's probably my first FA Cup memory like proper memory of the FA Cup as well and just absolutely praying like literally praying for a goal <laughs> and when Shearer scored I was just like this is this is possibly the best moment of my very young and short life so far <laughs> yeah. um, and set up by Silvio Marich as well I wonder what he's doing these days I couldn't tell you it'll not be very much <laughs> the first transfer to go through in Euros Silvio Marich ever it's a good fact to go through in Euros what do you mean oh really like Euros in the, the currency, currency yeah, yeah. was he at to us yeah the very first Euro based transfer when did the Euro did the Euro come out that early I thought it was like 2005 for me to be saying this fact it by definition was whenever that <laughs> whenever we signed March was like 99 or something wasn't it oh yeah, well it you learn something every day uh, um, Davy Stratton's been in touch uh, again <laughs> we'll get Man City away in the fourth round no point Last time yeah. that happened, though, in the League Cup, we got one of the most remarkable wins of Pardew's tenure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't even watch true. that game. I was I was in the car, and I, I just thought, See, we're going to get hammered. I saw the team, and I just thought, nah, I'm not watching it. Teams like Man City are more likely to go, oh, we don't need the Cup, we want to concentrate on the league, because they've got like a chance of winning it. We don't need to concentrate on whether we finish 16th or 17th. We need just something to get excited about. Um, all right, I'm finally getting some tweets through here. Um, Richie Smith. Imagine if we hadn't done a half <coughs> job in the window in the summer, we probably wouldn't be sitting here talking about this. Well, that's true. We spent fifty million in the summer on all the wrong like positions, and we're no better off, as is quite evident, than we were even under John Carver. And that's why we're sitting here talking about why whether the cup is worth going for or not. It's 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 a really sorry state of affairs. I know this is it, this is what makes you think that it's still as bad as it was under Pardew and Carver because. I, I, I didn't know what to expect in McLaren. I didn't think it would be this far down the league, but I never thought that we would be would be concerned about running the cup. I never ever thought that, that would be the case. And uh, Richie's got it absolutely right. We're, we're signing the complete wrong players in the summer. Why yeah. on earth we didn't sign a centre mid is absolutely beyond me. Yeah. It's it's beyond me. It's because Anita had his first good game of the season against West Ham on the last day of the season first last game year. Of his career. Yeah. Um, Ashley Wormall must be a new listener. I don't remember him before. Has been in touch. He agrees. Fully with the the Charlie Austin argument would have been he's you know he's perfect for what we need, which is just someone who can score a, a decent amount of goals. Um, Strange that we're having to clarify that, isn't it? That sign a striker. Why don't we try and find one that will actually score? And equally, he said, or being Remy on loan, and it would give Mitro a better chance to develop instead of having so much pressure on him to deliver what we need, like which is goals immediately. Yeah, he's a twenty-year-old lad, and I think he is under a lot of pressure. He did cost enough to warrant that pressure, but. 
it would be nice to have someone who's already proven to do the hard part and let him develop a bit more slowly. I mean, when you asked me this question on Monday on the podcast, Mickey, if we had seven or eight million, how would you best spend it? I was literally saying, give it all to him and his agent yeah. to come to us on loan just for six months because it will save us. I think that we could move it because, especially as well with Perez as well, the young striker who's still learning the game. Like, and there's a lot of pressure. I think how old's Perez now? Twenty-one. So oh, he's older than that. He's older than that, maybe. Still a young lad. He had one season in the Premier League, and we're expecting these two guys to keep us up, and it's just it's madness. Keep us up in a, a side that's creating no chances and not giving the ball to them. Yeah, yeah. My favourite FA Cup game was uh, was Cardiff, despite getting absolutely smashed for one yeah. of Man United. Um, reason being was it was just like it was just such a good day. I pestered my dad for. That, like as soon as I knew we were in the semi-final I want to go dad I don't want to go dad I don't want to go and he just kept saying no I can't, we can't afford it we're absolutely not going there's no chance I'm getting on a bus all the way to Cardiff blah 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 so I, I'd just sort of given up hope and then out of nowhere he got some sort of tax rebate or this is what he told us unless he had some money stashed away um, and decided to pay for flight so we flew down in the morning got down to Cardiff at whatever time it was like reasonably early on met up with a few of his mates and a few of my mates and just got really drunk even when I was 15 in the pub like everyone was singing these two blokes next to me w- wouldn't let people out at the end people were trying to leave early and he just wouldn't let people out he was kicking off like kicking off just standing in the alley blocking <laughs> them and then I was in the corner that Shola came to when he scored and despite the fact I think we were three it was a three or four at the time I can't remember whatever it was everyone just went absolutely ballistic and like people started sprinting down the rows, like th- this old bloke next to us just went tumbling over. Bless him, he was like seventy odd. Yeah. Fell, o- <laughs> fell over because he was so excited. That was the first, like, the, like the first sort of cup run experience of getting towards the end. The first and only really that I've had, and I just thought it was absolutely class. Yeah. It's such a shame that we got smashed, and that the day led to my absolute hatred of Nicky Butt for walking off arm and arm with Fergie after. Embarrassing himself for ninety odd minutes, <laughs> um, but it was just—it was just such a good day, and we've got Started nothing. There, he he else came to back beat and it. relegated with yeah, <laughs> um, and we've got nothing else to beat it because we've basically ever since got beaten in the first round by a rubbish team. Been rubbish, yeah. I mean, there's been there's been the odd game in there. Like Pardew always says, "Oh, we're really unlucky." I'll give him Cardiff as the only one where we're genuinely we're probably the better team. He fielded a strong team, could have won, hit the post a couple of times. And somehow didn't get didn't get through that day. Other than that, we've been absolute garbage. And I think you're about to go into worst memories of FA Cup games because there's a lot. I am, and I'll start with myself actually, um, because mine is Cardiff. <laughs> Weirdly, I think Cardiff at home. Cardiff at home. That yeah. one you're talking about. Yes. It wasn't the worst performance, obviously, by any stretch of the imagination. We've had some horrendous ones. Stevenage, uh, both the performances against Brighton, who were. T- just massively over exaggerated how good they were. We should have we should have hammered Brighton both times. Um but Cardiff was the only time in the last sort of seven or eight years that we've actually put out a team to win a game. It wasn't the strongest team, but it was there or thereabouts and we battered them and they've they've managed to sneak it. I sat in the leases, like the middle of the leases behind the goal, my dad and my brother, and it was absolutely awful. It was just full of like little kids chucking stuff at people <laughs> like nobody was watching the match there was loads of like loads of st- students at Newcastle Uni around us that didn't support Newcastle or Cardiff so I was sitting there watching us dominate a game and then get beat at home of Cardiff and the only chance we'd had in years to get past the third or fourth round of the FA Cup 
and it, re- it really put me off going to cup games and I've I've almost not been to any since yeah I've just thought of a good one um, I can't even remember it was FA Cup though it was uh, when Shearer scored his 200th um, no his record equal in goal it was the week before he scored against Portsmouth to get the, the 206 like the record goal or was it 201 I don't know when he broke um, Jackie Milburn's record when he equaled it we were playing Macclesfield at home in the cup I don't know if it was FA Cup or uh, League Cup that, that's right. the only time I can remember being happy at a, at a home cup game <laughs> watching Shearer uh, equal the record it was um, towards the end of the season, wasn't it? Because he, it was against the Macklems when he got injured. It was the game after Portsmouth. Yeah, so it might have been FA Cup. So it would have probably goes. been. Macclesfield. Um, so there's a good one in, in amongst the absolute dirge of Newcastle's cup form. Because of one goal, that's what we're clinging to. Yeah. One goal <laughs> is my best ever FA Cup memory. <laughs> um, is there anyone, anyone on Twitter that's saying anything interesting? Um, probably. If if um, Radio Northumberland had some sort of internet connection, we might be able to find out. Uh, there's a couple more about um, transfers we'll, we've moved past, but we'll, we can go back. Um, we do need to go back, because I noticed there was two players in there that I, I definitely wanted to talk about, so we'll go back to that. Bolin, I'll come to you. Least favourite? Uh, Stephen Edge in 2011, because it, it, it just set the tone for what was to come under Pardew in the Cup. <laughs> um, one defeated Stevenage. Was that uh, his first? It was the first cup game he had, and we actually played quite a strong team at the time for that. We had Barton and Nolan, uh, Colacini all played, but we just didn't try, and we got we got punished. Um, but yeah, I think that was the worst because it was just what a way to start losing yeah. three one to Stevenage. Never really got any better. We, were you there? <laughs> no, not. Oh, man, I, I was there. That, that's my worst memory of <laughs> FA Cup ever. I went all the way to Stevenage. It was freezing cold. And it started off brilliantly because it was this was when there was Satanta Sports, and they'd set up a little like temporary sort of commentary box, but it was on the other side of the pitch to where like the ground like was where you, well the players and stuff would go in, and uh, and Kevin Keegan was commentating that day, so we had to do a whole <laughs> lap of the pitch, and I've never seen so many people <laughs> going absolutely nuts because it was an evening kickoff, it was freezing cold like Monday night eight o'clock or something like that. Um, you had to do a whole lap of the pitch. We were I was absolutely gone. All, all Stephen Charles is a Yates and a Weatherspoons, so it was just like twenty quid, boom, gone. But it was the most disgraceful game of football I've ever seen. It was a proper non-league football match, and we matched them for for being that poor. Yeah. Um, the only good thing I remember about the match was Joey Barton's goal was pretty good. Yeah, it was decent. Well, he's a screamer. Um, yeah, it was just summed up, wasn't it? Williamson own goal, Tiote coming off the bench and getting sent off. And it was the week before Sunderland, wasn't it? Yeah. James Perch was playing left back. Don't know how that happens. That's just <laughs> again. What, do we ever have a left back? We literally um, haven't had left back. Have and, we? Apart from Santon, and he wasn't really a left back. This, this, right back <laughs> this game summed up Pardew and his and and why you can you can't let him off for his FA Cup form. We had Alan Smith and Kevin Nolan in centre mid. That that got us relegated. That midfield got us relegated. We had Danny Guthrie on the bench. Danny Guthrie was arguably our best centre mid at the time. He's the only one with any talent or ability to pass, shoot, move the ball. Um, and, and Barton who was on the right wing um, and we, we, we finished the game with Phil Airy up front I don't even think he plays football anymore I think he's like a, I don't know a, a snooker player or a barman or something <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and Niall Ranger who also who knows what he does now he definitely that, that, that's how we ended that game Like you, it's just a disgrace and that's probably the last time I could ever get excited about the Cooks I was like Jesus it's just not worth it yeah the whole the whole like beauty of the of the FA Cup has been sucked away from us as a fan base 
by persistent poor performances in the early rounds, which is a massive shame because if you talk to basically fans of any other team or anybody that supports Newcastle that's slightly older than us, that was ad- that were adults and were able to go to the games properly before we decided to be horrendous in the cups. It's like the it's like the best thing. It's their favourite thing about the season is the start of the cup and the going on a cup run and it's just we don't have it. We don't. We yeah. don't get it. They're not let. They've not let us have it. And it's now got to the just, point. Just watching cup draws, isn't it? Like yeah. watching teams come out the hat and thinking, "Oh, who are we going to get?" When was the last time you watched a draw? Don't know. Nah, it's years. Don't know. It's because yeah. I don't care. Because it's pointless. I didn't even know that we had Watford until last week. <laughs> <laughs> no, not quite that bad, but yeah, it's just grim. It's just really, really grim. It really, it really is. Um, final question on the FA Cup. Bolin, I'll come to you first because I know you've got an answer. Sai, I'd imagine you have not. Is your favourite... Are you suggesting that I have not prepared for this radio show? <laughs> <laughs> uh, your favourite FA Cup game that didn't involve Newcastle. Right. The 2006 final between West Ham and Liverpool. It was free all. We should have spoke about this because that was mine as well. Uh, <laughs> well, I tried to tell you. <laughs> um, for a few reasons. It starts with a Carragher own goal. which is Comedy own goal glori- as well. <laughs> Glorious. Um, obviously West Ham didn't win it and they lost it on penalties and Pardew was the manager so was he? <laughs> that, that's pretty spectacular <laughs> in itself um, Steven Gerrard had one of the best games of his career it's probably second only to when he well maybe but third his, his assist for Cissé's goal is brilliant and then his goal is just spectacular I don't know how he scored that it's it's 45 yards and uh, an honourable mention to Paul Koncheski's goal as well which was also from absolutely miles out <laughs> yeah um, it was an absolute, It was a brilliant game of football, wasn't it? That was the one where you thought, like, this is a proper FA Cup final. Like, it's just two what teams a game. just going at each other. What a game of footy. Uh, I think... Oh, you've, t- you've taken mine now. I'm struggling. I had good reasons, though. Yeah, you did have good reasons. Si, yeah. have, you got, have you got an answer for this? I have not. Um, I, I don't know. I'd it's good to I'd, hear. I'd, I'd, I'd <laughs> it's hard to look past Arsenal United, isn't it? The, yeah, um, when you're watching other teams... It doesn't was that the League Cup or was it the FA Cup? Um, it was a replay, wasn't it? It wasn't a second leg. Yeah, it was a replay. It was a replay, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Gig scores. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, it was a. It was such a good game. It was like that was when was Arsenal United were like streets ahead of everyone, and were both class and both had big personalities and like arguments. It was Keane and Vieira. It was, yeah, it was. It was a brilliant game of football. One of my favourite FA Cup games was... Um, I can't even remember who they played, but the Chelsea final when Drogba scored. I'm sure he scored in a few. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't He's know why. He's got a pretty good record at Wembley, hasn't he? Um, and another another very good one, which I enjoyed a lot, was um, Leeds beating Man United at Old Trafford. Yeah, when, that was a good one. What was his name, the striker? Hang on, lads, we've just been joined by, by Dogger, um, who's going to give us some... Um, much needed factual um, <laughs> factual information about the FA Cup because we're really struggling. All right, Dugger. How's it going? Just struggling from me jet lag. I mean, South Africa is only uh, two hours ahead. But, uh, I'm, I'm still feeling it. So, uh, so it, it, it must feel like it's it must feel like it's about nine o'clock at night, does it? <laughs> Well, because we do appreciate 
appreciate everyone that tweets in to our part of the on the radio show. We've yeah, had we some do. genuine technical issues trying to get the twit, twit, uh, tweets through. I know you've been responding kindly, Dogger, from wherever you are, sat. I've always made the point as well. If you've got something to say, Dogger, by all means, go ahead. Well, NUFC Belfast, at Belfast um, NUFC, has just tweeted a fantastic point. Surely one of the worst FA Cup games in the last 20 years has got to be Birmingham City at home. Do you recall this one, last? I do, yeah. I can't I believe I forgot about that. <laughs> That was that was one of the worst games of football I've ever witnessed. That alone. No, no, go ahead. Right. Uh, well, basically, we went. I think it was Glen Rhoda. So you're looking at two thousand and six, seven, bad, bad season. Um, and we went down to Birmingham, who were championship club at the side, uh, championship club at the time. I was there on that when they came back up that year, and we went went uh, to the away like remote meeting. Oh my green street Tolly went uh on back page, went down and um were two two one up against them and they were down to ten men. And there was about five thousand Newcastle fans, there's always a, a good following there'll be a good following down at Watford tomorrow as well and there was up last last year. Um singing, We're sent you down, we're knocked you out and obviously we'd we kind of we'd relegated them the game against us relegated them the previous season and we're singing we're sending you down, we're knocked you out and I just remember what happened is he got a 94th minute equaliser to bring us back to St James's for a live Monday <laughs> night TV game a week later and Birmingham City of the Championship who were like fifth in the Championship uh, beat Newcastle who were I think 11th at the time in the Premier League 5-1 film so I'm surprised he's forgot about that one but that's uh, I'll, I'll try to forget about that one I think and that's a really really good show and you have safe all fast that's well, one he's there he's recorded I remember it vividly. Yeah, it's one I've, I've, I've blotted from my memory, really. But it was just unbelievable. That, that, that whole game was unbelievable. It, they deserved to win by more than five-one, comfortably. They, they outplayed us in every position. We never really looked like scoring. We didn't threaten. They were every time they had the ball, it looked like they were going to score. It was. I've I've almost never seen a game between two teams from like one team in the division below dominate a game at the, at the Premier League team's ground as much as Birmingham did that day it was it was disgraceful Gary McSheffrey was that he scored a hat-trick was it McSheffrey <laughs> did he I wonder what he's doing now Dodds can you confirm that Gary McSheffrey hat-trick he did yeah, very well very well remembered Bonham <laughs> what's funny as well is um, I think Newcastle were, were, were done at half time went down to 10 men in the second half guess who Stephen Taylor got himself sent off for a handball on the line um, and then Rudd had like blamed that after the match we were 3-1 we down at half time at Birmingham City at home live on telly in front of the nation I think we tickets to go to Birmingham at the time I would be 17 at the time Ugh, 17 at the time uh, and I think the child ticket to Birmingham was a fiver and Freddie Shepard in Newcastle <laughs> charged 25 quid you see what on telly like 26,000 then they won there um, gets humiliated and as they say going up Sheffield
Kaikun. Kaikun. Sorry, I oh. you cut out a bit there. We're losing you there, Doggo. Oh, uh, well, we'll move on from that one because a couple of other people have gone. So, um, with their games earlier on today, uh, I'll just get it back up there because we could have cut out. Uh, Anthony, gosh, Anthony, you have a complicated surname. Ed, men, there's Shafi. That's the best you're getting out of me. Um, he's got uh, best has beat the Spurs 6 1 and 99. That is the game I alluded to, Sai. Thanks for plugging me match preview. It's not a match review, Sai, because the match hasn't happened yet. I think I was saying match, match report as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, match report. We match preview on True Faith, which is on now for the watch of the game. I'll do the, the previews for True Faith. I, I enjoyed doing them. I get a lot of comments, uh, good and bad, below. But I appreciate everyone who takes the time to write right beneath them. Uh, that game against Spurs 6-1, we're, we're only just out, we're 17th, I think, when we played Spurs in the FA Cup, just to contradict you, Miggy. Um, we, we played Spurs and we were 17th, and we ended up, I think, we ended up losing five or six more games that season. Smashed them 6-1 after drawing 1-1 away. Um, that would have been a crack, and that was kind of Shearer, um, Ferguson, and Newcastle were back, and then he's got the worst being Brighton, which I think you lads, have he's alluded to the Brighton ones yet? In, in yeah. passing, just two two disgraceful results against a team yeah, that I weren't anywhere near as good. In 2012, like, he did play a fairly strong team, were terrible, had a lot of injuries, um, but he played a strong team, and, and obviously, he, you know, when he played Kabai, um, but we just weren't good enough. Uh, with the 2013 one, however, he, he played, because we were in the Europa League as well, he just played an absolute reserve team, and when we're beating two, and that's what I mean. He, as I call him, is a. Uh, is getting that um, and Ed Josh Art Sunamag who's a, a, a good friend of the show um, his best memory which I can confirm was in the snow I think was it you maybe saying that was it in the snow yeah, so you got only a fat spike that it was going to get called off because there was only a five of tickets for kids which we were at the time I think what 14 um, yeah it was, I was really really worried it was going to get called off because that was all the crack that Chelsea fans couldn't get up as it, as it happened though he bought the ball 500 up anyway um, <laughs> and yeah, we'll beat, we'll beat them one. I mean, Chelsea won the league last season, and memory serves right. I think they only lost two games in the whole of the league season, and and won the Carling Cup. <laughs> um, yes, we did them one nil. Paddy Clivert, great goal. Um, that was really good. So that's that's uh, Josh's, um, and that obviously was part of the run which you've alluded to, uh, which is under Sunes to the semi final. Can you imagine? Just on a kind of an aside, lads, can you just imagine having a week like that again, uh, like Sunas had with us back in 2005? Uh, quarterfinals of the Europa League followed by <laughs> a semi of the Carling Cup. I'd, I would just die. I'd just be so excited. I know. A good I'd, friend I'd, of mine. I'd be able to do anything. I'd just have to sit in a room by myself or talk to you lads or do podcasts or something. But anyway, <laughs> I wouldn't get any work done, that's for sure. A good um, friend of mine flew well, directly no, from... No, it ended up being an absolute disaster. Um, and yeah, his is uh, Josh's worst is the same. It was the 2-0 at Brighton. 12pm kickoff, cold, very hungover, and just absolutely pants, as he says. Um, cheers for Andrew Booze as well, getting in touch earlier about uh, Carrick. Um, I don't know if he's picked up on that. Um, and Richie Smith, obviously, like you said before, I totally agree with what you said, saying it would done things properly in the summer we wouldn't be sat here or you lads wouldn't have been sat here talking about this kind of 
Yeah. Can I just can I just say something about the transfer window, which is already really known as have you seen Bournemouth already picking up players left, right, and centre? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I was saying at work yesterday, it's it's disgraceful that Bournemouth have gone out and signed a Turbay on loan. They've they've had a bid in for El Shawari on loan. Yeah. Why have we not got either this of This is this is Bournemouth. They've won like three out of four as well. It's it, and they're still thinking. You know what? We're not safe. We need to make sure we're, we've we've got the squad to see out the rest of the season. Yeah. Straight Remar- on it. It's remarkable. Um, I'm saying saying just there, Dodds. A good friend of mine flew directly from. Uh, Lisbon, Sporting Lisbon, wasn't it? Yeah. Flew directly from Lisbon to Cardiff, so he saw two crushing, like crushing cup run defeats in the space of about four days, and it, it cost him like seven grand. So I, I, I can imagine it would be buzzing in the in the run up to the week. But the imagine, imagine the feel, imagine the week after that, imagine how bad it would be. Seven thousand pounds lighter. This is this is something I was going to bring up. We'll probably get beat tomorrow in the, the preview. I think. I just think things are so bad at the moment and we'll do a little bit of luck that we might just turn them over tomorrow. Um, but you never know this beating Newcastle. It's quite good that it's not going to be on telly. I'm, I'm quite looking forward to, to not having to watch the match. Yeah, yeah. That's where we are at the moment. It was Newcastle. I'll listen to it, but I'm looking forward to not having to watch it. But this shouldn't have to be a choice. But I'll pose this question to you, lads, and I'll give you my answer first. What would you rather do? Would you take relegation this season? with an FA Cup win my answer is I would because just everything to do with a cup run is so fantastic like you know getting your phone out at work or, or like I remember, I remember when we got to that semi-final I don't know if you lots of the same sign maybe if you can remember this maybe we, we probably weren't mates at this time but sorry we were at school and um, we're so desperate to see the draw for the next round we used to like sneak into the sports hall and like the room upstairs <laughs> just to like hard to to take relegation immediately in, in, in at the same time it would almost tarnish it you're like oh yeah I'll never forget that FA Cup final but also never forget that we also got relegated in the same month so it, it's a really tough one I, I like where you're coming from because you're right this season is already going to be like just out of our memories within six months of ending there's nothing to get excited about there'll be nothing to ever talk about again unless we went on a cup run and um, yeah if, <laughs> if we got relegated 
and you could still say we'll win the cup. I suppose that would be all right. We're almost ready for relegation as it is now. So if you said to me now we're going to win the FA Cup, but the league's done for, I would I'd probably take it. What I would like to see is a Newcastle Europa League push whilst in the Championship. <laughs> <laughs> we could juggle both competitions quite nicely. Uh, we'll probably in the Championship play all our games on a Sunday anyway because we'll, we'll be on telly that much. And we'll qualify for the Champions League by winning the Europa League <laughs> <laughs> and ready for the new season in the Premier League so we can sign some players. So I think it's all coming together personally. <laughs> There's two things I need to call you up on. Um, that's one of them more important than the other. Uh, I think the damage that would be caused by us getting relegated this season is would be horrific. I, I think we'd struggle to come back up. Um, our, basically, our entire squad would leave. All the ones we want to leave might stay, but all the ones that want to stay would leave. Um, but more importantly, uh, well, it would tarnish. It would tarnish an FA Cup win, which would be a real shame if, if the first time we see Newcastle, uh, probably the only time we see Newcastle win a trophy. We also got relegated in the same season. But most importantly, we could end up going down at the same time as Villa, which would ruin that. And I just can't have that. You've got a fair point there. I wouldn't want to go down with Villa. No, it'll ruin it. I don't know. I mean, I, I also obviously don't want to go down at all, never mind with Villa. Uh, <laughs> we need our day in the sun in May. Forget about Newcastle stopping up. I need with you lads to be in that stadium in May, laughing at them, um, you know, in, in a position of safety. We need that. I don't know, I mean... We deserve it. Uh, I think, I think if, if we got it, it's all contracts. Who knows what's happened? But if we got relegated, I think we will get relegated. Um, we'd, probably be, be, we'd probably be all right. I know people say it's, it's not that easy and things can happen, but, you know, I just think an FA Cup run, it's like, it would create memories of, like, you were just saying today, Maggie, uh, by WhatsApp, that we should we should organise in a way, which we definitely should. We haven't been up this season. Um, can you... Can you imagine, like, next round, you know, imagine if we got to the fifth round or the sixth round and there were decent aways. Imagine if you got Barnsley away or something like that. The memories that would last a lifetime. Um, and everyone gets up for it. Can you, can you just remember the the buzz about the city in 98 or 99 when we got to those finals? I mean, we were just kids at the time, but, like, every house in Forest Hall, every house, people who, like, hated football, old people who hated football, had two flags on the doors and two balloons and everything oh, yeah. like that. It was just a great time to be alive. I still remember cutting out an FA Cup shape out of the cereal box and wrapping it in tinfoil and sticking it on my window, having an FA Cup <laughs> on the window. You're right, it, it's, I, I was like 12, 13 at the time, as you say, just just to be clear. But yeah, I, I, you're right, there's, there's, you'll create memories. You'll not remember any other football matches this season but for, like you say, a, a Barnsley away, 2-0 getting to the semi-finals kind of, that kind of moment. Yeah. And I would absolutely love it, but first we've got we've got to beat Watford, who are much better than us, away <laughs> tomorrow. So let's not get carried away, I suppose. Yeah. Final question of the day, lads. Start. I'll come to you first. If you can hear me, score tomorrow. Well, I went three two. Me match preview. Did you do the listeners' challenge to Newcastle? No, that's going to be the last thing. I, I realise I should have said it before now, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> right, three two Newcastle. Sorry. Uh, that's that's ridiculously optimistic, by the way, Dodds. Do you think we're going to score three away from home? Well, you know, you know, the last time there was such defeatism about um, a cup competition was last year when Podge was having his mare, and then we went to Palace 
and won three two in the in the league cup away, and everyone was just like, "You'll you'll get beat tonight." So you know, I'm just going to three two for that reason. Paul Dummett scored that night. <laughs> Fair enough. Holland wasn't it four two? It was four two, Dogger. No, it was three. Oh, shut up. Well, I think Watford will probably swap their team about a bit, but uh, I'm still going to go. They're going to beat us 2 0. I don't think we've got a chance. I think even Watford reserves are going to just, just wave us aside. That's the thing in it. Like, the, the only thing I'm clinging to about tomorrow is that Watford will change the team around. I don't think they're going to start Agalo or Dini. They're certainly not the two of them because they're, they're going to want to rest them for the Prem. They're going to be clinging on to their mid table position. But what they'll do is when they change their team around, they'll play players in positions that they might be good at. They won't <laughs> just change their team around and put anyone anywhere to, to put like some fringe players in the shop window. They'll still play like a proper formation. They'll still have a plan. Whereas if, if McLaren tinkers with our team too much and starts playing Rivier, who's not played a match for like a year, um, we've got no chance. Um, so, oh, Mickey, um, yeah, do you want to give with the listeners challenge? Because we're, we're running short of time. I want to give you my score. I think we're going to sneak a 1-0 win. Um, the listeners challenge, which the Dogger has sent me on WhatsApp. Well, do- Dogger, do you just want to give it out now? Seeing as it is your challenge. <laughs> yep, so the listeners challenge, please get in touch on Twitter because we'll like to test you um, and see how good people are at football knowledge, which we'll come on a bit. I've also get you on for the shout out for the quiz. No, we haven't. Right, well, I'll do that in a second right. as well. <laughs> And coming up now, Dodgy's announcements. Dodgy's <laughs> this week. Uh, two players have scored 100 Premier League goals or more and didn't win any major honours in their career. That's two players who scored 100 Premier League goals or more that didn't win major honours, cups basically, in their career. Can you name them? Tweet us at TF Weekly Pod if you can. There is no prize, apart from my <laughs> gratitude and amazement. And speaking of uh, intellectual stimulation, uh, we are considering doing another quiz next Friday. Lads, can you all make it? Of course. Yes. Excellent, Miggy. Yeah, yeah, I'm in. Excellent, Bolland. If I'm invited, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We'll find you another (laughs) microphone. (laughs) Right. Um, We're thinking about doing another quiz, obviously. uh, Quiz regular. One time reigning champion Mark Corby in the OC 1980-1994 has put the shout out for next Friday. So all you kind of regulars who, who normally play Is he the one that Lord Spiceman, um Josh McLean and all the other guys who I've, I've not mentioned, Davies Charton, etc. If you can let us know if you play, because obviously it's a, it's a listener's quiz. Got a few new rounds in the pipeline, a few new ideas. We're also going to make it far more Twitter accessible so people who can't listen to the show can, can play live as long as they're on Twitter. Just drop us a tweet through the week or a DM. Um, you know, up to your pod. Let us know if you fancy the big NUFC quiz next Friday, and I'll get on it this week. All right, cheers, Dodd. Thanks for joining us. Just quickly, is NUFC underscore nineteen eighty the one that always gets a hugely suspicious amount of correct, correct answers? Way more than all of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but Josh Josh McLoon did it last time. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. In controversial scenes, when I introduced the Premier League round last thing, um, Mark fell down massively. <laughs> No, didn't he? He lost connection or something, didn't he? That's why he missed yeah, like, a whole I think round. Yeah, he lost connection. But you know what? I'm not, let's not let's, let's not take anything away from Josh. When we when he met us at the pub at the uh, Crow's Nest, so we'll have tickets called to see our podcast and radio show sponsors, Phoenix Taxis, uh, for Violet Home. Um, and basically said that his dad bought the right answers and was telling the background. But you know, <laughs> we'll at least he's honest. Yeah, fair enough. 
Right, uh, we've gone way over, so thanks for listening. Sorry it was a bit of a disjointed show. Uh, we'll be back on Monday with another podcast, probably talking about how annoyed we are at uh, getting beat in the third round of the Cup. Cheers for listening. <laughs> yep. Uh, Mickey, do you want to play us out with the, the music? No, 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 no. All right, cheers later. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.